0: Welcome to the Commission Client Podcast. These are the real and raw stories of people that use their health success and struggles to better lead and serve others. If your goal of getting healthy is to have a static achievement, you will always come up short. Instead, find purpose in your health gains and be commissioned to better serve your purpose. I'm your guide and host, Dr. Kurt Perkins, introducing you to the real heroes in healthcare, the people just like you. Thanks for listening. We're recording. All right. Uh, so today we have Amanda, and I think we have an interesting starting story. Um, our first meeting, she called me a quack to my face, mm-hmm. and then That's eventually true. blossomed into working for me. So yeah, not All ne- true. Not anymore, but you have other bigger and better things you're working on now. But um, I guess kind of to tell that journey, like sure. AY, a- something alternative was quackish, and I don't know what gave you the cojones to say that to someone's face. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think that might have just been how I was born. Um, Yeah, well, I had a a lot of back and hip problems for a lot of years, Um, way back into my early 20s. My mom has kind of always struggled with that, and so I just sort of assumed I got it from her. Um, I had a car accident when I was younger, ended up with, you know, MRIs and X-rays and steroid shots in my back and... um, And sort of just settled into, that's how that was going to be. Like, my back and my hips were always going to hurt. And then I had a kid, which anyone who's been through that process knows that that just makes all kinds of back and hip pain excruciatingly more difficult. Um, And I was working for somebody at the time who knew Dr. Kurt, and um, she's pretty good at nagging people. Um, So she was nagging me about, oh, you should go see him. You should go see him. Um, But I, at that point, already been through, like I said, the shots in my spine, um, I had been through countless physical therapists who, like, it never helped. I would get better for a couple of weeks, and then I would try to do any of the things that I enjoyed doing, and everything would hurt again. And then they would say, oh, well, you went too fast. Um, and so it was quite a frustrating thing. And I think in that, I sort of just lost faith in the medical profession to help me at all. Um, I was taking a prescription anti-inflammatory every night, still couldn't put my pants on in the mornings. Um, And so finally, I think I just got desperate, and I was trying to quiet this person at work who wouldn't leave me alone (laughs) about it. Um, Nagging is not always a bad thing, turns out. Um, And so I just came in one, assuming that there wasn't going to be anything that anyone could do. It just was a thing that I had gotten from my mom, and this was how it was always going to be. And... So there was doctors uh, at the top of the list, and then below that are physical therapists. And then to me, chiropractors were somewhere below that on the level of quackiness. Um, So I just sort of assumed that it would be another one of those like, oh, well, here's a bunch of money you're going to pay, and um, we're going to do a little something-something, and then when it doesn't get fixed, it's still probably going to be my fault because I didn't do something right. Um, And when you're in pain, you're just kind of cranky. So it was actually... Should have been a lot harder to call you a quack, but it really wasn't. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't have back and hip pain anymore. So I guess that's me that gets to eat my words about you being a quack.
0: <laughs> Gladly.
1: Yep. Agreed.
0: So what was your biggest frustration in like the traditional model?
1: <sighs> oh, my gosh. Um, probably that no matter what I did, it didn't fix it. Like it was, okay, well, um, and I... I mean, my weight fluctuates like most women's does, but I've never really been excessively overweight. But, you know, it's, okay, well, you can try losing weight. You can try strength training. Oh, but don't try that strength training. That's probably what caused it. You can try this, but don't try that. Um, and it's just a sort of, I don't know, like a, a merry-go-round of, honestly, just a crap that, like, they're treating a symptom. They're not fixing it. Nobody's really talking to anybody And in the middle of it, you're sort of just stuck waiting and everything's getting a little bit worse. um, And you're being told that, well, that's just sort of how it works. Um, And I don't think that there's a, you lose hope that it's actually going to get better. And you just sort of settle into like, okay, yeah, well, this just kind of sucks. And I hurt all the time.
0: So at least from what I've seen, like it's not usually the pain that makes people take action. Like what part of life was it interfering with?
1: Well, again, I couldn't put on my pants in the morning. Oh, yeah. um, but I also, like, I um, oddly enough, I've become a runner, um, which was something I swore I would never be when I married my husband um, almost 20 years ago. But I couldn't run, and after kids, um, I needed that. I needed that time um, on my own feet, in my own space, in my own body, so the mental hamster uh, in my head could just go. Um, and I couldn't run after I gave birth to Zoe. I just, I had a C-section nothing worked, couldn't get back to it. Um, And that was really just mentally hard to not have that time. And to kind of just feel like, oh, well, that's never really going to get better. And she had ear infections, and those weren't getting better. Um, And I do get pretty stubborn and and feisty. And sometimes that's really good. Sometimes it's not. Um, But I think in this situation, it was because it was Like The whole medical community cannot be this useless (laughs) that I can't even just go for a short two-mile run ever again, Um, and that my daughter can't get over ear infections, and is going to be on antibiotics and allergy pills forever when we're an incredibly healthy family. So I think that was it. It's just like, fine, I will try whatever, so then if this doesn't get better, then I can quit believing that it's my fault that I didn't do something right.
0: Gotcha. So if it didn't get better, what was plan Z or whatever? Like, what would you have probably tried next?
1: I don't think I would have tried anything else. No, No, I think I would have just settled into pain. Right, which is because they had talked about, like, so you get the steroid shots in your spine, and then, well, if those don't work, you can look at nerve blockers and surgery, and I probably just would not have gone back to a doctor <laughs> and just had my husband help me put on my pants for the rest of my life. Like, I just would have been in pain, and I don't know that I would have had a second child, um, because I don't know, I don't know that I would I could have mentally thought about that yeah. and the pain that that would have caused. Um so yeah, like that would have changed everything.
0: Do you think that's a big thing? Like, you just say that. Like, I wonder how many out there have just resided to the fact I'm just in pain, like, yeah. and it's going to be this way. That's the new normal uh-huh. and all that. Like, oh, yeah. Is that a thing? Like, I, I live in a bubble. Like, I see people mm-hmm. kind of push those barriers and all that, but.
1: Oh, yeah. I think a lot because the thing is, is that whenever you try to get better, um, you're taking a big risk. Right. Like every time it doesn't matter if it's counseling, it doesn't matter if it like going to counseling, if you're having a difficult time or if you're um, going to see a doctor because you're in pain or if you're reaching out to a friend because you're lonely or or starting a fitness program because you can't get up the stairs. Um, Anytime you reach out and ask for help, it's a little terrifying um, because you have to be vulnerable. You have to believe you have to you have to take a big risk. Um, and then you have to also do the work and trust that the pers- trust that person that's telling you what to do and believe it's going to get better. And I think, especially if you feel like you have tried certain things and they didn't work, it gets really hard to have that hope and believe and go for it again. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that just, like, they just kind of quit because it hasn't worked. And every time that you believe it's going to work and then it doesn't, that's that's a little mentally crushing as much as it is physically
0: you think it's a personality like like I would call you a type a like an,
1: <laughs> I've, an I've achiever and yeah
0: is it harder for people like a personality wise to give up that control to take the advice or follow direction not being like coming from their own efforts or is it
1: you know I think it kind of pain just getting in the way I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think that you've got, and I'm some odd combination of incredibly sensitive and feisty, strong-willed. And again, sometimes that serves me well, sometimes not. Um, But I think for some people, it's it's a matter of the stubbornness uh, working in their favor and saying like, no, I'm not going to just be in pain the rest of my life. Somebody has to do something. Um, Or the stubbornness of, never mind, nobody can help me. Um, and I think that kind of depends on a lot of things, including your support system, right? Because every time you get healthy, there are a bunch of boo birds. Every time you try to do something good for yourself, there are a bunch of people who are going to point out hypocrisies and ways it won't work. And well, I tried that, and that didn't work for me.
0: Um, Did you have that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting.
1: Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I and I. I'm pretty good at boundaries most of the time, so I tend to just kind of keep things from people that I know are not going to be supportive. Um, But yeah, all along the way of like, well, why would you go to a chiropractor? I don't know how that's going to help. Or well, you know you're going to have to go forever because it never actually gets better. Um, And still with like diet and lifestyle changes, oh, I hear about it all the time. Um, And so I think for, especially for people who are sensitive, who, you know, are kind of the big feelers, um, that's hard. Because listening to what everyone thinks about your choices when you're struggling to believe that it's going to get better and to make the choices and to fight your own internal dialogue and listen to everyone else's, that can, I think that stops more people than
0: you might realize. So how does someone like that break through or fight through? Because I'm like, not that way at all. No,
1: right. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I've always been the minority in thought, I feel like, my whole lifetime. So it's... That's
1: all right. That's all right. No, that's, um, it takes all kinds. You know, I think, for starters, um, and you talk about this, about changing your belief system. Um, and I think that, for starters, it, with if you're a parent, um, there is a tendency, especially as moms, to, like, we put ourselves last, right? Like, it's just default. You kind of have to. Um, but that becomes a habit uh, that can be kind of hard to break. Um, and I think that that's probably true for A bunch of other people as well but I mean I can speak to the mom part and so I think getting over that belief um and looking at your kids and realizing that if you if you can't secure your own oxygen mask then you can't help anyone else um and I think changing that belief system that believing that like you're worthy of a happy healthy life um and that that's the way that you're going to impact the world the best and I think that's Again, that's kind of a leap for a lot of people. And when you're beaten down and in pain, sometimes it's a, a big leap. Um, but, like, it's the one that makes life worth living, right? Is going for it?
0: It is. And, again, like, just because I'm more of curiosity, like, mm-hmm. I've had everyone agree with me that, hey, you, you function better. Everything around you gets better. Like, right? why doesn't that translate into I'm going to take better, ac- better care of myself so then I can...
1: I really think it's fear.
0: Okay.
1: I really think that more people are afraid than most people realize. It's like the um, why does somebody say in a bad situation? Because at least it's it's the known. The unknown is a little bit more frightening. Um, Even so it's, if it's like better? yeah, but what if it's not? Like, and this is the thing. And what if you get healthy, um, but it's still not the healthy that that you thought it would be right if it what if what if you get healthy and then you realize that like you're still miserable in your marriage or what if you finally get to where you can move and breathe and realize that you hate your job and you have to change everything right like there is a certain there's a certain comfort in misery um, because it keeps you from having to challenge a lot of other things. And if you're miserable and it's your health and your doctor's saying like, well, this isn't really your fault. We can try to treat the symptoms, but there's not a lot we can do for you. Then you have this sort of just base of misery, which means you don't have to get off your butt and help people. You don't have to get off your butt and be a better mom, a better friend, a better spouse. You don't have to, you don't have to challenge as much because you sort of just sit in misery. And I think it's a comfortable place for a lot
0: of people. Did you have to go through that? Like, you got better physically? Did you start questioning other things?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, because one of the side effects, uh, positive side effects of um, being under your care for a bunch of years is that I felt like my um, my emotional levels leveled out a lot. Yeah. Because, um, again, being that big feel, strong-willed person, um, I've always had big highs, big lows, um, and that's just kind of how that goes. And and hormones, of course, are, are not kind. Um, So that was always a thing for me of – it was terrifying to go for things. It was um, even like make new friends because you get in sort of a a place of just mental unhappiness. And either, again, like the big feels good or the big feels bad. And as those have leveled out, then what's my excuse? What's my excuse for not going after a better village, right? Like one that actually fits me, not just people that – I have um, who may not fit me well um, it's it's doing what I want to do work wise um, and having the courage to put it out there um, and it's, it's being a lot more loving when I want to be even if that's a little frightening if that makes sense yeah but before that was harder because the emotions were bigger a lot because hormones were bigger and because I was in pain um, and all of that sort of I don't know, snowballed into keeping me in a space that wasn't completely me.
0: So in what areas did you have to be your biggest advocate?
1: Mm. I think for me it's still, the thing that I think I still fight the most um, is like how I choose to eat. Um, Because, you know, there are a lot of different a lot of different philosophies of what's right to eat, right? Like from your low carb to your high fat, to your paleo, um, to everything. And everyone has a really strong opinion about it. Um, and the more that you choose to eliminate certain foods or, um, focus on other things, again, you get into all of those opinions and, and like get great point is my family, they, excuse me, they eat very differently than I do. Which is fine. I'm a, you know, everybody do whatever works for you. Like your extended um, family, right? Yeah, extended family. Household. No, not, yeah, not my uh, immediate family. Just my extended family. Um, but as I've chosen to um, pretty much eliminate sugar um, and drop dairy, and th- they don't love that. <laughs> um, I mean, one, it makes going out to eat. It makes gatherings harder. Um, but also, I think... They feel that it's a slight on how they eat, that it is me trying to say like, oh, well, look at how much better I am than you because I don't eat dairy. Um, And that's hard. And I know for a lot of people, they're just like, oh, who cares what they think? But for me, because I'm a big feel person, I do care um, because (laughs) I don't want to make them uncomfortable, right? If they come to visit and they want to order a pizza, I don't want to be the person that says like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't eat pizza. Um, And then have them look at me like, why? Why? oh, please don't ask me why because then I have to get into it. And then, so that's probably one of those that I have to constantly find a way to advocate for myself that works with my personality.
0: Because again, like that's just a weird concept to me. Uh Because it's like, if someone's like, if someone feels I'm judging them for choosing something different to eat, Mm -hmm. to me, like, that's a total you problem. That's not a me problem. Right. (laughs) Like, and I can brush it off. Right. But... Okay.
1: Right see and I can't um, and I have wanted to go full vegan for years um, and I don't I always get there and I, I stop just short because as a big field person like I, every time someone is uncomfortable or feels bad, um, I'm gonna pick up on that I'm gonna know it um, and it's hard to make choices that I know we're gonna make someone else uncomfortable. Like that is just a difficult thing for me to do and it's not that I care what they think of me. Um, as much as I care how they feel
0: right.
1: um, and if I feel that I'm making them uncomfortable that is uncomfortable for me and so I have to advocate and I have to push that um, because there are certain times that that I think it's okay to make a change like I can change um, language, I can change certain ways that I speak in order to make someone comfortable um, can't do it when it comes to my health Um that's a different thing. But that's that's a challenge for me.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side of emotions. <laughs>
0: Big feels. Well, how would you use that as like a strength then? Because obviously like... Oh,
1: you know, actually I think it's my superpower in some ways. Um, like I
0: have zero empathy, so... Oh
1: my gosh, and I...
0: And we knew that. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right, together. it's all right.
1: Um, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it is a challenge, but like I feel like... It gives me the ability to to help people in a way that I wouldn't know how to do it otherwise. Um, like some of the people that I've referred to you have been people that have been in a lot of pain and to be able to see that and know that and feel that and then the words to say to them to help come so much easier because I mean I can talk to them for a minute and feel what it's like to be in their shoes.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean I actually can't not uh, even if I want to sometimes shut it out. Um, and I think it like, it helps. Like, I feel like I'm raising great kids, um, partly because when they come home and freak out for all the different reasons that kids freak out, it's easier to emotionally connect and understand. So, yeah. I, at this point in my life, I love it.
0: So, the things you've learned now, how has that changed how you've parented your kids? Like,
1: Oh, my gosh. Um,
0: like, now that we're in holiday oh. season, as we record this. So.
1: Yeah, right? Um it's so funny. I, I mean, I remember as a kid when I would stay home sick that I would eat Twinkies. Like, I would just have a box of Twinkies, and that's what I was, would eat when I was sick. sick. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Which is hysterical <laughs> to me now. Um, and my kids, the minute that they get sick, they look back on their week and say, oh, mom, I had too much sugar. <laughs> um, and they just automatically know. Um, and my uh, eight-year-old, who has been coming to you since she was a year and a half, um, She will actually even turn down cupcakes and candy and ice cream on her own at a party um, because she knows sugar's going to end up breaking her body down. It's not going to be able to fight. And I feel like she—I mean, she still eats that stuff, um, but it's really exciting to have her come home and say, hey, mom, we had our Halloween party, and I had uh, one cookie, and then I ate the fruit and some of the veggies because so-and-so in my class hasn't been feeling well, and I want to make sure I don't get (laughs) sick and i feel like she like it's she's empowered to take care of whether or not she gets sick and it's not just like oh well everyone else is sick i'm probably going to get sick too no. um and that's kind of cool and yeah they're both my kids are vegetarian um and they they know why and they feel very comfortable explaining that um and they don't feel like they're making it awkward for anyone else which i love um cuz yeah i would have gone vegetarian long before I did um, again if it wasn't going to make people uncomfortable Um, so I think it's changed everything about how I parent and also like I'm just not cranky right I don't get that same kind of just in pain short tempered um, that I used to my husband can attest to that
0: so maybe all the mean people are just very unhealthy and if we
1: I think that's a big chunk of it yeah 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 Yeah. Well, I mean, it's true though, right? Like when you're sick, like, you know, there's the whole joke about the man cold, um, (laughs) about every time men get sick, they're just, you know, impossible to care for. But if everybody feels better, it's so much easier to be kind. And it's so much easier to, to take a minute and not yell and not lash out. Um, so yeah, I think it would help.
0: Um, ever have any give up, like I want to give up moments?
1: Um, probably not since starting to see you, honestly. Um, and no, you're not the most empathetic person. Um, (laughs) but I have never come in and left feeling like I didn't have hope. Um, which is pretty impressive because yeah, like you're not going to deal with my big feels. Um, and that's okay. I'm good with that. Um,
0: I don't know how to
1: do (laughs) it. Right. Right. No, that's all right. Not that Uh, I don't care. Most people don't. Um, but. So, no, I haven't had those since I started here because I feel like every time I've had something of, like, hey, Dr. Kurt, I don't know what to do about this, there's a feeling that's like, okay, well, we'll be able to figure something out. Um, But, yeah, like, before coming to see you, for sure. And, again, you know, I mentioned my daughter had ear infections. um, And sick kids, that's so hard. And I tip my cap in every way possible to people who have chronically ill children. um, Because, yeah, Zoe had oh my gosh, just ear infection after ear infection. And she'd do the antibiotics, which would wreck her stomach, um, which then she would finish. And then a week later, we were back in with another one. Um, And I remember, I'm probably gonna get choked up, so ignore me for this with the big feels. Um, But I remember the day that, You know, our very amazing pediatrician said, like, well, you know, if we can't get this under control, we're gonna have to talk about tubes. And I know a lot of kids have tubes, but for me, that was like, no, 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 no. This is my perfectly healthy, amazing, talkative, developing, wonderfully child, except for these stupid ear infections. Um, That felt like a minute of giving up, because that's that. You know, as a parent, when you can't, when you can't fix something, and they're sick and they don't feel good, and and it. It's hard to be the parent that you want to be in that minute because you, you can't control enough. Um, and when they're sick, like, that wears you down as well. So that was a biggie. Um, yeah, I've just, of just uh, kind of that hopelessness. It's like, if this is how this works, and we're just going to end up sick all the time. Yeah. And at the same time, yeah, I mean, I was still having my husband help me put my pants on every morning mm-hmm, because sure. I couldn't lift one leg at a time. Um, because of just huge stabbing nerve pain. So that was pretty dark there for a little bit.
0: So in your feeling
1: Yeah, in my big feel world. In your it. big feel world. Yes.
0: <laughs> like what are the thoughts and emotions going through? Like so you're not totally resolved yet, but you hand this child to me where you think I'm already a quack. Like what's Oh god, yeah. What's the barrier to I that?
1: still am kinda of surprised I did that, quite frankly.
0: Uh, <laughs> because when someone hands me their kid, like, oh it's God. still, like, a very humbling moment to me. Like, yeah. Because I have three kids, and I'm just, like, yeah, for me to hand my kid over to somebody and trust them to do something, like, even though I'm not a big feel person, like, that's still a, right. a moment and kind of, like, contemplate this one for a second. Yeah,
1: you know, and that one was really hard with Zoe because she was about a year and a half old. Um, and, like I said, we've been talking to the pediatrician, and I mentioned a chiropractic care for ear infections. And, and again, my pediatrician is great. Um, but she took a pause and she said, you know, the American association of pediatrics does not recommend chiropractic care for children. Um, and it's one of those where I'm not sure if that was her way of saying like, you do what you need to do. Um, or if that was a, Hey, you know better. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't ask. Um, but that was really hard. Uh, because I really respected her. But also her ear infections weren't getting better.
0: Yeah.
1: Right, and that's that's the thing. Um, so yeah, that was kind of terrifying, honestly. But it's one of those where you also can't be useless as a parent, right? Like you can't feel useless. You can't feel that what you're doing is not making a difference and it's not getting better. And I can. Oh, my daughter is so chatty, <laughs> and she had such good language, and to think that continuing ear infections, tubes, all of that, might present a challenge for her that, like, she didn't need. Um, and so sometimes I think you, no matter how scared you are, you sort of just count to three and take a leap and try something, because you have to try something. Okay. Um, so I think that's why. Okay. And I still remember, like, when Willie was... I probably wasn't even 10 days old when I handed yeah. Willie, um, and that wasn't near as terrifying.
0: Well, I get the second kid, but it's usually... Right,
1: yeah, um, and I think also, you know, it's the, what do you call them, the activator yeah. thing? Like, I mean, it's not like you took her head and went... <laughs> um, so, yeah. and I, again, I understand different, the different science of it. Yeah, and I also, like, bodies. you explained the science of it, right, of the the straight ear canal and the, the nerves that get pinched. And so like, that makes sense. My dad's an analytical chemist. So like the science part of it, like, okay. Um, and again, I think sometimes, even if you have those big feels and those fears, if you want to change your belief system, then you need to learn. And the more that you learn, and I always tell people, like you can't unlearn something, right? Like once you know it, it's in you somewhere. So teach me the science. And then because it's my kid, I'll figure out the fear because I can't be worthless.
0: Yeah. If cool.
1: that makes sense.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, what's kind of been, I don't know, the, the thing you hold on to the most? Like when times get tough? Or mm. just something you revert back to? Like you said, something that you, you know now that you didn't before, but...
1: I think how resilient the body is. Right? And like... Like the fact that like, so much can heal um, in a way that I I don't think I really understood, right? Like, like I mentioned with my back problems, my mom has them, so it was just sort of like, oh, well, of course, um, I'm going to have those same problems. But to realize that you have a lot more control over the expression of your health than you think you do, um, and that, yeah, maybe – Dropping sugar for two weeks isn't going to fix everything, um, and maybe one chiropractic adjustment isn't going to fix everything. Um, but much like in a like a relationship you have with someone else, if you sit down and you talk to them over time, and you work on something over time, there is a chance for great growth. And I just I don't think I really realized that with my health. Um, and and also like I mean we were pretty healthy people before. Um, And as I've gotten older and as you see people, you know, as you lose people, right, because you, you get over 40 and and you start to see your parents go and like friends get yep. cancer and like things happen that I don't think that I was, I don't know, I didn't, just didn't really think about in my 20s or 30s. But I don't, I don't stress as much about that because I know that there is an ability to heal and get better that I didn't understand before.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And I have more control over that. Um, And I don't feel like I'm just automatically going to struggle with the same things that my mom does or my dad does. um, Or I'm going to leave my kids with a laundry list of like, okay, well, does your mom, do you have this on your mom's side? What about your dad? (laughs) And they're going to have to fill out those forms for six hours. Um,
0: I just always mark no.
1: Right. Um, And that's helpful to me to know that I have more control over it. And that is partly that type A, that, like, well, at least there's something that I can do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I can set my kids up. Right? And I, I don't think I realized that because, you know, child of the 80s, um, Twinkies and all kinds of hostess things, right? Like, whatever the sugar is, that would be good. We'll take sugar and yeah. we'll take processed carbs and that would be great. Um, and to know better, I can do better and things can be better.
0: Um, do you see your kids' friends making different choices because of them?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know that they're quite old enough in some ways. Like, I know, again, like I said, my daughter's vegetarian. She's the 8-year-old. Um, sometimes, yeah. Like, I think that – and she's a lot more preachy about it than um, <laughs> than I would like or that I encourage, but she is my strong-willed child as well. So, um I think so. Like, I think she has an influence um, in that, like, a lot of the kids that sit with her at lunch on a regular basis don't want the hot lunch anymore. They want to bring their own lunches from home. Um, and, you know, like, every time we have a school event, we bring something healthy. Um, and we make these little like, grape caterpillars, you know, just essentially grapes on a skewer because everything's butter on a stick. But, um, but like, the kids request them every time.
0: Yeah.
1: And those are gone every time. Um, so I think some of it is... Is happening, um, and I think more will. Um, But we're also kind of a... We try to be like a slow burn influencers, right? Like I know that there are a lot of people in my life that eat a lot better because I've cooked great food for them that didn't have, you know, a bunch of stuff in it, a bunch of sugar, a bunch of dairy, meat. Um, And now they eat that way a lot more than they did before they got to be friends with me 10 years ago. Um, So I think it does influence... um, I think it just takes more time sometimes to get people to see it than we always want,
0: yeah. No, I just asked because I one of the kids in my son's class, yeah, was like, He went home to his mom, and so my wife and his mom were talking. He's like, Well, so and so says he's not gonna eat sugar anymore because Caitlin's not going to. Oh, then she's like, Well, you know, there's sugar in candy. He's like, Oh. <laughs> Like well, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> right. Like once you realize like what was in sugar, he's like, well, that doesn't sound like any fun. But, right. Like, right. Just, like, right. Just the influence of it. Yeah. It was yeah, my daughter
1: doesn't like chocolate, so um, I think she loses some of the battle at school talking to anybody about <laughs> sugar, uh, for the simple fact that she doesn't like chocolate. They don't know what to do with that. But yeah, but I think they they will be influencers, right? Because I think they're learning it, um, and it's kind of impressive to even see my four year old talk about well, mom, does that have a lot of sugar in it? Um, and asking things like that, like like knowing whether or not fruit has good sugar or bad sugar. And I said, okay if I eat fruit, but candy is not okay? Um, and they get to make their own choices, you know, to an extent. Um, but I think they know and I think they will influence, which is kind of fun and exciting.
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess for the big feelers. Yep what would your advice to them to deal with people like me that have zero (laughs) feeling like in a doctor's visit or just in general public Yeah. like when it comes to health issues
1: yeah Um, well they have to advocate for themselves a little bit more Um, because the medical community overall like I think tends to not process and hear emotions well Um, And I think some of that is, again, having a chemist as a dad, I think that most people tend to either be kind of right-brained or left-brained, right? And if you are a little bit more (laughs) on the logical um, science side of it, then emotions and empathy are going to be harder for you. And if you are an emotional, empathetic person, the science end of it may be more difficult. Um, And that's, again, big sweeping stereotype generalizations, but um, so I think you have to be willing to advocate for yourself and say something more than I hurt, I'm in pain and cry, right? Like it's a understanding and somebody's even researching like how, how do you say the right things? Like, you know, they use pain scales. Are you on a, like what, how much pain are you in? Right. Using a number, um, writing it down if you have to, right? Like, cause sometimes, um, when you start to talk about like, how do you feel? How are things? Is it, have things gotten better, if things gotten worse, if you're tired and you hurt and you're a big feeler, you may just cry. And that's really <laughs> awkward. Um, and then at that point, it's hard to come back from that and try to sound like a functioning human being in front of somebody who's looking at you like, Oh really? Did you just cry? Uh-huh, I sure did. Um, so writing it down if you have to, but realizing that it's okay to have big feels because I mean, your health is like one of the biggest things that you have. I mean, it's it's who you are. And so if you don't feel good emotionally or physically, you're not going to be able to function. And you're not going to be able to help. You're not going to be able to do what you were put on this planet to do. So if you have to write that down, if you have to send them emails, um, and I've I've done that with you before, yeah. where there's something like, I kind of need to talk to him about this. There's a good chance I would awkward cry. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and email him. Um, and that works really well. Um, but I think it's realizing that you have to accept who you are, right? So if you're a big feeler, be a big feeler. Um, and you have to figure out how to advocate for yourself. And if you are unable to sit down and have the conversation because it feels too big, then find another way to do it. Um and if you feel like someone's not listening to you because you're emotional, stay after it. Um, and, I think, and I think it happens no matter what, but it's you have to be heard, right, in order if you have a medical problem, if something is not working well, um, even in a relationship, you have to be heard. The other person has to hear you in order for there to be any kind of a solution figured out. So if you're communicating with somebody that doesn't communicate in your same style, then it's staying after it until they hear you until you say something that all of a sudden they're just like oh that that makes sense um and I think I think doctors um sometimes forget to listen um in the same way and we don't always communicate in the same way like the language that patients will use versus the language that doctors use is not always the same right um and then you get a yeah, different emotional uh, perception styles and they um and you just have to keep advocating for yourself like you have to stay after it until somebody hears you. Um, And that's, like that's when you ask about like giving up, like that was the thing, is before coming to see you, I was so frustrated that nobody was listening to me. Yeah. Um, Like my back and my hips all, like it hurts together and I can tell you, but I wasn't using language that they were listening to. Um, And I stopped advocating for myself because it just felt hard to try to get someone to understand and listen. But it's the most important thing. So I think it's just sort of that consistency and creativity to find a new way to say it. And usually big feelers can express their feelings pretty well. Um, so just keep trying different ways to express it until somebody hears you.
0: And for the non-feelers, doesn't mean they're mad at you for them expressing right. something different.
1: Right. Right. And that's a, uh, and I think that's true in, in interpersonal relationships too. You know, and I think that's, that's an important part of, of getting better health-wise is to make sure that you have a provider that, like, you can talk to. Um, and even if your communication styles are completely different, um, do you believe they're trying to listen to you, right? Yeah. Um, and again, that may mean completely different things to the two of you, but, like, do you feel like they're trying to listen to you and do you feel like they care about you actually getting better? Um, and are you comfortable with them? And I think that's the thing that, I mean, if if you're not comfortable or you don't feel like they care or you don't feel like they're trying to listen to you, then you're probably with the wrong person, right? But I mean, that. Right. that's pretty true in any sort of relationship. Um, if you can't hit those three things, then, yeah. right. Um, but yeah, I think it's just continuing to be creative and persistent and how you present what's happening and how you feel. Um. Because, and I'm sure you've had patients like this, where sometimes somebody's saying that, like, "Well, I it, everything just feels out of control." You're going to hear, like, "Ah, that might be a hormone imbalance," <laughs> right? You're like, "You might be," and not in a like, right, right. "You're a crazy hormonal woman" kind of way, but like a, like that tends to be a, a sign of that sort of imbalance. Yeah. Um, but it's finding the way to just continue to push through and say it in all the different ways that you can until somebody can hear you.
0: Yeah. Cool. So what's all the struggle? Like what's all the good stuff now? Oh my gosh. Um, Obviously, like you said, you had the second child, which you probably wouldn't have had.
1: Oh gosh, yeah, I wouldn't have. Um, And sometimes we still laugh about, whose bright idea was that? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Although he's so cute. That's for different reasons. I know, right? (laughs) Right, that's the like, oh right, I can't possibly finish a a cup of coffee or my breakfast um, on my own. gosh you know like life now is um, like it's good and possible in ways that that I guess I just wouldn't I don't think I would have thought of like I I feel like I have a lot more control Um, I feel a lot more balanced just as a person so take on starting my own business Um, take on a side of my creativity that was a little overwhelming before. Um, Like running again, like actually functionally running again. Um, Yeah, and feeling like I can really engage with my kids. Um, And things just feel like there's, like whatever it is that I wanted to do would be possible. Right, like I wouldn't have to sit around and stress about it. Because when you feel in control of yourself, health-wise, everything else is just easier. Right. And I don't worry about um I don't worry about my weight. I'm worried about my weight, I don't think, since I started coming to see you. Yeah. Um because I, I worry about my health and that's so freeing, especially as a cause a woman, that is so freeing to not and not to say that it doesn't fluctuate and there's not times where it's just like, Oh hmm, pants gotten a little tight. <laughs> um but I I don't stress about it. I don't diet, I don't and the energy I have back from that mentally is huge. Yeah. Um and that can go into my business, my personal life, my friends, my kids, um, and I—I'm not even sure how to quantify that. Like everything, just feels a little bit easier.
0: Yeah. Cool. Which no, isn't that really what
1: everybody wants, right? Is for life to just be a little bit easier?
0: It is, and to me, that's like a no-brainer, and I'm just right. I'm baffled where it, how people can get to that. How
1: hard it is, yeah, and I think a lot of it really is just fear of the unknown um, and anytime you take on something like like you talk about of like a a lifestyle change, which is a completely appropriate phrase for that, but it's also a terrifying phrase um because you're talking about a lot of a lot of fear of failure of. What if I can't do this? Like, what if? And people say all the time, like, "Oh, I can't give up cheese," um, and I think I said that for I don't know, thirty years. <laughs> um, you can, right? Um, but for a lot of people, it's like, well, what if? What if I try that and I find out that I don't have the the willpower? The, There are a lot of excuses. And I think the more excuses that we build into our life, the less that we are accountable for ourselves. And that accountability thing is terrifying. It's like the whole, I'm sure you've seen, you know, the little meme that goes around on Facebook about, um, like, what an armor busy is. That the more busy you are in life, um, then the less you have to be present. Right? Um, And I think a lot of people use health the same way. You know, it's how we hide in our phones. We hide under busy. We hide under layers of unhealthy bodies, right? Of, and that keeps us from having to be accountable in our own lives, right? And I mean, we're kind of in a society where people don't really like to be held accountable much, anyway, <laughs> right? Um,
0: can't feel like you're doing it the wrong way, so.
1: right? But but I think that there is that fear that like, what if I, what if I can't do this? Um, what if I can? Yeah, and then I figure out I gotta change everything. And I think fear is a much bigger thing than than it's talked about. And I think if you can realize that, if you can say, like, oh my gosh, I think actually what I'm afraid of is that I might get really healthy and then I might be responsible for what I do or don't do with my life. Right? Like, am I really gonna make an impact? Am I really gonna all of a sudden be the mom and the spouse, um, and the business person and everything else that I've always dreamed of being? Um, And I think if you can say that out loud and understand that, then I think that there's a power in that. Um, Much like somebody getting out of a bad relationship, right? Like you can have a bad relationship with your body in the same way and choosing to get out of it may be a struggle, but you have to decide how bad you want that. Like, do you want out of the bad relationship that you've created with yourself? And then see what's possible on the other side of it. Nice. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. See that's one of those things about the big feels. Sometimes you can come up with these like kind of random analogies,
0: like the fear of how do you say it? like the fear of
1: getting out of a bad relationship with yourself because that's really what it is, right? It's like self abuse when you're not, when you're not moving, when you're not eating right, when you're not thinking right. Like you're essentially in an abusive relationship with yourself, but that's terrifying to get out of because the work to go through it, and then the what lies on the other side of it and to like, do I deserve the other side of it? Um, and again, this is all big feel stuff, but, yeah, it is. but it is, it's what a lot of people go through yeah. of that, that fear of, am I capable of living a healthy life and doing everything that is supposed to be done with that?
0: Yeah.
1: And I think that's why, and I think if people can say that out loud and understand that, yeah. Right, that that's the fear, because once you say a lot of the fears out loud, they seem pretty stupid. Like, well, that's kind of dumb, right? They're like, that's not a fear that I want to live by. <laughs> but people don't say it, and if you don't call it out, you can't fight it.
0: See, that's why people on you because, like those thoughts. I don't think have ever crossed my mind.
1: Right. But for yeah. a lot of your patients, I bet it does. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's and they'll use money. They'll use. Um, oh, well, you know, my husband isn't supportive of this diet change or, you know, my kids will never eat like that, or, um, I can't make the time. And those are all valid to an extent. Um, they're all things that have to be worked. Yeah. Um, but usually it comes down to a fear of like, what if I ask my family to make this dietary change and that put the final pressure on my marriage, right? Like there's a, for a lot of people, all of those changes are tied to different fears. And if you can kind of figure out why they're fearful of that change, then they have a better chance of fighting it.
0: You said the fear of like being called to a higher like level uh-huh. of function, like yep,
1: a higher purpose. That would yeah,
0: never crossed my mind.
1: But it's true, right? Like
0: because like, like that's what I try to achieve. Is like I want to get to a high level of function, like right. My fear is not getting there opposed to, like, actually getting there. Right, but you're an overachiever,
1: right? Like, you are. You're an overachiever. Uh-huh. Yep. You can call me type A. I can call you an overachiever. But, like, and I'm an overachiever, but I was also raised by an overachiever. And so I have my my moments of big fear of failure. Um, And so you can have people who were not raised to be overachiever, like, my husband wasn't, his parents didn't really push him a lot as a kid. Mm. Um, and he wasn't, so he doesn't have that. Um, he does with running some, um, but like overall that's not, he has to work on that himself. That's not just an inherent, yeah. let's go get it. Um, and for me, I have it. But man, that fear of failure looms every time for me. Right. And it and that's big. Um And for a lot of people, there are a lot of those boo birds, a lot of times in very close proximity in their support systems, that the minute they fail, it's kind of like a hey, hey. (laughs) Um, And so if you've got something that's not your fault, that's outside of your control, that's holding you back. Well, then it's not really your fault, right? Like if you're not living up to your potential.
0: Right.
1: Right. And I think health wise, that's a that's a thing. Like oh I mean I would love to run but you know my back hurts so you know I, I try to walk when I can and God that's why I'm I'm so much heavier than I was ten years ago but I mean I can't really do anything else <laughs> like how many times do you hear that though yeah right right so like what if you got healthy and you're able to do all of these things then what would be expected of you and I think that that's overwhelming
0: sometimes interesting.
1: It's a good overwhelming, but people don't always see it that way.
0: Yeah, I'll have to take that into consideration now. Yeah, I'll make you some flashcards. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Wait.
1: Okay. <laughs> right. Oh, I, th- I think I've, I think I've practiced if these they lines answer, before. If
0: The answer yes, then the flowchart <laughs> goes this way. Right. If the answer no, then this. Is the yeah, I'll
1: we'll make you a big feels emotional flowchart. Yeah, to handle that sort of thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, I think that's. Kind of our time. Awesome, but for you big feelers, hopefully yes. this gives you some. That's right. Insight. Um, hopefully it knocks down some intimidation factor, and it's not just you that I'm not empathetic with. So.
1: Oh, he's really not that bad. He's making it sound worse than it is.
0: Um, but yeah. So you do have a local business. I do. And I do. What is it so people can...
1: Um, Well, it's pinned reality right now, but I am in a transition spot because I'm about to do um, bigger things because I'm finally at a spot where I feel like I can handle my big feels. Um, So I'll have a blog and uh, still have my business, but um, some bigger things coming. But yeah, it's pinned reality right now. I do all kinds of custom, artsy, crafty stuff.
0: So those things people see on Pinterest and have giant Mm -hmm. fails at, like you help them not fail. Oh
1: yeah. No, I just, yeah, I just take those over for you. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Because nobody needs to fail like that.
0: Yeah. No. Cool. Yeah. We'll put links to that in the show notes. And awesome. The future links to the the other yes. things. There's more coming. Progress, so. More coming. Cool.
1: Thanks, Dr. Kurt.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Commission Client Podcast. If you found that hopeful, inspiring, or entertaining, we would love some iTunes love. And as all podcasters request, please subscribe to our show and your favorite podcast listening app. I'm Dr. Kurt Perkins toasting you to a life of more health and less healthcare.